um, that we'll uh, celebrate. But what what a, a grand gift to all of us uh, that continues to keep giving of leading us in praise and worship in ways that is excellent and, and soul-stirring. Uh, my name is Drew Smith, and I'm the pastor here. I want to welcome you, those that are online, and all of you that are uh, with us as we're in this journey of learning to live by design, being reminded that, that we are stewards, we're managers of all the good gifts that God gives to us. And um, I... Uh, Told a story online, um, uh, wrote an uh, email and uh, some other other places. So many of you know this story, and uh, but many of you don't. And it's the story of a little boy who gets his hand stuck in the family vase. When it's a vase, that means it's got some value. If it's a vase, uh, you know, no big deal. But this vase, and he, so he had his hand stuck in there, and he, they couldn't get it out. And they did everything that they could to get him out of there. They did cold water, hot water, butter, and oil, and everything, tickling him, whatever. Could, it never would come out. So they said, oh, we've got to break it in order to get it out. So they did, broke the family vase in order to get it out. And what they found was a clenched fist. And inside the fist was a red jelly bean. Now, I'm all for red jelly beans. I think we even, yes, you know, we love red jelly beans. But what a picture of how that illustrates that sometimes our clenched fist can lead to destruction. And, and really destroy this, this cycle of grace that God has invited us to participate in. As we learn uh, in trust and humility upon him to recognize that all we have is gift and how we give and spend, that is is an honor to God and and one in which uh, we get to participate in the blessing of God giving to us so that we give to others on this cycle of generosity, this cycle of grace. Uh, so I'm going to tell us a little story that, that we, we see the story of giving in the New Testament, particularly with Apostle Paul. He's talking to the, the church in Galatia. He's talking to the church in Corinth. And he's raising money for the, the church in, um, the, uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, so the, the mother church, the, the place where it all started, the, the, by this time, the things in Jerusalem are really going downhill, a lot of persecution, uh, a lot of folks that have come to know Jesus and it's cost them their lives or their jobs or their families. And so the, the church is in dire need and Paul is collecting uh, resources, collecting money from the other churches uh, in order to give to them. And so we find in this, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, we find really the largest collection of a unified story about a theology of giving. And how, what that really is about is, um, there's a lot of parts to it, but at its essence, it's about joy. And we'll hear that as Paul encourages the church in Corinth particularly um, to to give. Uh, that That when we're giving in the way of Jesus, we experience that freedom. The freedom to let go and give cheerfully, generously, and even sacrificially. Let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, we 
We need you to take your word and apply it in our lives, to show us what your truth. We're so thankful, Lord, that you have given us eyes to see and a heart to receive. And we know your word leads to life. So teach us and lead us, guide us, continue to form us as we look at your word today. Let us not just understand it. Uh, but help us to receive it, uh, to, to marvel at your beauty, and then to, to, to do what you're calling us to do uh, for your glory and for our good and for the good of the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, the, the story starts in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, which, by the way, sorry, your bulletins say 1 Corinthians. If you notice that, it, it's really 2 Corinthians, so... I'm sure you'll all go home and you use that and you study it when you get home. So be sure you put the two instead of the one. But it's going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. So that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. So, I mean, pretty pedantic stuff. Basic stuff here, right? Hey, the church in Jerusalem, as I mentioned, we're collecting these gifts. Now, you set stuff apart now. Just set it apart now, every day, every week, set it apart, regular, and that way when I come and I get there, you know, it'll already be collected and I can be on my way to Jerusalem. Well, uh, about a year or so later, Paul writes us the second letter to the church in Corinth, and it's chapter 8, verses 1 through 15, and in chapter 9 that we'll look at in a moment. Um, but here he's saying, oh, it's collection time. So be ready because here I come and maybe there's been some squabbling. Um, if you read first and second Corinthians, you realize it's a rough relationship between Paul and the church in Corinth. And so maybe there's some issues that are going on in Corinth and Paul is trying to speak to whatever those issues might be. Maybe some folks forgot. Maybe some folks are questioning whether they should give. Uh, we're not exactly sure, but he's he's certainly um it goes deep uh, with his reminder. All right, starting with verse 1 of chapter 8. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Now, Macedonia is Galatia. That's where Galatia was. Um, and uh, uh, so he's already talked to them. And what he's going to tell them now is, look, this is what's happening in, in, in Galatia. This is what's happening in, in Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord And then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. 
I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. And in this, ma- in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. So he makes clear in the beginning part of this that this giving, this process of giving to the church in in Jerusalem is an act of grace. He he says it three times in the first uh, seven chapters or seven verses of of this part of the letter. In verse, verse one, he goes, I want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Now, often we, we think, and when we say the grace of God, we think the message of grace of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. And yes, that is an act of grace. That's the message of grace. So is giving. It, it, it's the same kind of, of work. It's part of this cycle of grace and these acts of grace. Verse six and seven. He says the, the same. Accordingly, we urge Titus. Titus was the, the dude that was going to be um, collecting it and, and bringing it back to, to Paul and to Jerusalem. We urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. He's saying how the, how the Galatians were so filled with joy that they give, gave joyfully, generously, even sacrificially. Now you participate in this same act so that you might experience this grace. And it is an act of discipleship. It is, it excel in your faith. Excel in your knowledge. Excel in your giving. They're, they're all in the, the same arena. It's part of our walk with the Lord and the way that we experience and love Him and know Him in our giving. And He makes that, that clear then in verse 9 where He, he wants us to, to know that our giving, our giving flows from Jesus giving to us. This giving, this, this, this same joy, this spirit of joy that they had in Galatia and that Paul's trying to build in Corinth, it flows because we know Jesus. We know the character of Jesus. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. So, uh, the, And again, he's, he's not talking material wealth in this poverty and, and riches. He, he's talking about the fullness of life. That he, he was rich in the fullness of heaven and yet he left it all in order to come and walk with us, die for us, be raised to new life so that we might have the riches of heaven as well with him. So if you want to grow in generosity, hang out with Jesus. 
It's not something that you can sort of will yourself to do and go make. That's the point. He's saying, no, do this out of joy. You get an unclenched hand because you hang out with Jesus and you see that's his whole life. His whole life is an act of, is an act of grace and a gift and generosity. And as you get to know him, that frees up our hearts. It frees up our fists to then give generously and joyfully. This is why uh, every Sunday we practice sort of this habit. Every Sunday, uh, after we celebrate the forgiveness that Jesus has brought to us, we then say now that we've received Jesus, that we know the one who was rich and became poor in order that we might become rich, we experience him, will now give. It's an act of celebration. It's an act of doxology unto the Lord. That's why we practice that every Sunday so that we know our giving comes from knowing Jesus and having him real in our lives. It is, it is the very nature of God to give sacrificially, cheerfully, and generously. Now, the, the situation uh, in, in Jerusalem is what they were addressing and what they were trying to focus on. And, and Paul brings that in as well at the, the end of this, this part of the passage to say, this is what's going on in Jerusalem and how you're participating in the work of God. Again, you'll see how this is the very character of God, that, that you are to give out of what you have to care for the needs of others. You are to give out of what you have in order to care for the needs of of others. This is God's way of being sure that all have what they need. Because that is God's character from the beginning. From the beginning of creation, God gave what was needed and beyond to enjoy. Uh, You you may recall it's in um, Exodus 16. I wrote it here somewhere. Yes, Exodus 16. I still remember some things. Um, uh, Exodus 16 is the story of uh, Israel being led out of slavery and they're in wandering in the wilderness and they say, we're hungry. We need something to eat. And God says, here, let them eat bread and bread from heaven. That is called manna. And if you uh, if you can go back and look at that, you might remember that story. And God says, go out every day. Everyone will get what they need. And then come home and enjoy it. And then get up the next day and get what you need. And the next day, on the sixth day, the day before the Sabbath, the Sabbath you don't work, on the sixth day you get twice as much and it will keep you for both days. And a few people, a few clenched fist people, they went and took a little bit more one day. And they went the next morning, figured, hey, they wouldn't have to go out and work that day. They can just go eat it. And it was worms. That didn't happen on the Sabbath. So, but God provided Forty years wandering in the wilderness. God provided. That's, Paul makes an allusion uh, to that at the end of what we read. As it is written, whoever gathers much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. It's the, it's the nature of God. To, to give. Our passage says fairness. But to, to give with equity. That folks have what they need. Uh, the, probably the greatest example is in Leviticus 25. And, and that's the Jubilee celebration. Every 50 years... Every 50 years, what the nation was supposed to do, what they were supposed to take all the debts and forgive them. They were gone. 
uh, in all the, the original 12 tribes, at the beginning of the nation of Israel, God had uh, allotted the land to each of the 12 tribes and said, all right, Dan, this is your part. Asher, this is your part. Judah, this is your part. These are your parts of the land. And every 50 years, the land was to go back to the original tribe. It was God's brilliant way of totally cutting off any kind of generational poverty. We take, we take it all. It's, it's like if, if you play Monopoly, you know how Monopoly, you have $200 and then you start to play Monopoly and you gain properties, you get houses and hotels and you make more money as they get rent. Well, it's like if you're playing Monopoly and about halfway through, so I'm like, okay, start over. All the hotels go back, all the money back to the bank, everybody back at zero and here's $200. That's what God's plan was for uh, God's people. Uh, so that everyone had what was needed. So we're, we're partic- this is the character and nature and plan of God. And we're getting to participate in, in that as we give generously, joyfully, and cheerfully. This is the, the cycle of grace. That God gives to us through Christ so that God may give through us to others. And there's no difference between giving the message of Jesus and giving the resources necessary to eat. They, they, they are equated in this. They, they, these go together. This is part, this is the whole package. You, you can't, it's like having, asking which part of a pair of scissors is the most important. You, you gotta have two blades for it to be a pair of scissors. Well, this is God's, this is what he says we are a part of. All right, so what, what happens then, he continues on the end of chapter 8, and he's talking a little more logistics here. Titus is coming over. He's going to get everything set in place. And, and so be ready to have this, uh, your gift ready, because uh, we want this to be a celebration. We, we don't want this to be an embarrassment, and we, it's certainly not going to be some kind of, of uh, exaction from you, that we're going to extract it from you. Giving should not be like pulling a bad tooth. Uh, giving should be joyfully uh, celebrating and, and giving. Uh, so um, he gets gets that set up, and then he gives them a few more words here in chapter nine, starting with verse six. So nine six through fifteen. The point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, just to sit there just for a minute, some people think that means that if the more I give, then the more money I'll get elsewhere. You'll hear that in sort of health and wealth preachers where they'll say, hey, give to this ministry and then God will give you more money. That's a bad translation, a bad interpretation of this. He's not talking about money. He's talking about the joy of the kingdom. That's what he's talking about here. You want to reap sparingly the joy of the kingdom, then don't participate in it. You want to reap bountifully in the joy of the kingdom, then participate in it the best that you can. So that, that's what he's, he's getting at here. That to, you want to reap. So you want your hands to be open. That way you're able to receive and participate in all that God is doing. Each one, verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your bank account? No, the harvest of your righteousness. For you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. He's he's bringing it home here. I mean, he's like, give with joy and generosity because you are participating in the cycle of grace and gratitude. Give with joy and generosity because we get to participate in God's kingdom, this cycle of grace and gratitude that abounds and multiplies as we get to give. Now, I do love in this too that this is immensely practical, very specific. He says here now, but give what you're able. He says it in, in both places. You know, what you've set aside, what you, you've thought about, what you've brought, prayed about, give of that. Gifts are made after prayerful consideration and thoughtful decisions. See, he's not trying to play this game and show up and, you know, make you instantly give, you know, play off of guilt or shame or, he's not doing that. He's like, no, hey, you, you've thought about it. You pray through it. You set up, you see what you have, what your needs are, what your budget is, how much you can give. And you, you've set that aside now before the Lord. Now give that and con- participate in this wonderful Cycle of grace. Because you can't give what you don't have. He really sort of says that back in 8, uh, chapter 8, which we, we read um, earlier. This is why each, the last couple of weeks, uh, been encouraging folks to give them out this the budget form and saying, take a look, what have you been spending over the last month? You know, what, what sort of your monthly basic expenditures? Look at those and, and just see how how you... God has given the money that you have. He's entrusted it to you. So how are you distributing what God has entrusted to you? It's a good thing to look at. Last, uh, last week we looked at the negative, the, the, the power of money to compete with God. And so we want to be sure money is not more important than God. Today, though, we're looking at it positively. We want to look at it so that we can maximize how much we're able to give and participate in this way, this act of generosity of the kingdom of God. Now, so take your resources Take a look at how you spent. And, and I last week said, take a look at how much are you spending on your needs? Now, I know this is really hard to define what a need is. But do the best you can. And then what are your pleasures? They're good things. God gives us uh, resources to enjoy things. And there are things that are, are pleasures. That, you know, they're, they're not needs. But they're things we really enjoy. And we, we feel like that really adds to the life that God has given us. Okay, what are those? And then take a look at how much are you giving and how much are you saving. And as you you take a look at that before the Lord, then you can say, okay, how can I maximize what I'm giving? How can I maximize that? How can I 
You know, look at needs, look at pleasures, even look at savings a little bit. How can I maximize that? Because that is what is participating in God's cycle of grace. John Wesley was a minister a long time ago. This sermon he preached in 1789 called The Use of Money. Now, uh, uh, Wesley and the Wesley family, they're sort of the founders um, of Methodism. And but he, this this uh, uh, sermon, Yusmay, still sings to us today. And, and one of his his uh, mantras was: Make all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. And that's a good way to look at those how you set aside your budget. How, what is how can I make all that I can in order to save and to give all that I can. I just propose to you that's probably a different way than most Americans think about. They all agree with the first part. Make all you can. Well, some do. Most. Make all you can. But the second two, uh, probably not so much. But you can see from Paul in this understanding of the cycle of grace why it would be the case. Uh, uh, Dr. Wesley goes on to say money is an excellent gift of God. Answering the noblest ends. In the hands of his children, it is food for the hungry, drink for the thirsty, and raiment for the naked. That's clothing. So, again, take a look. Uh, All the more reason to take a look and be with thoughtful decisions. Graceful considerations. Prayerful considerations. How can I maximize what we get to give so that we can eagerly participate in the exciting opportunity of sharing God's grace. Uh, that, and that's uh, the, the end uh, of uh, chapter um, 9. Paul just uses all this, this language, this over-the-top uh, language that we get to participate in, in this um, surpassing grace that we uh, get to celebrate as we give the inexpressible gift of God. And that this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, not only does it distribute as God wants things to be distributed, but it also leads to the multiplication of gratitude. His generous giving multiplies the chorus of gratitude to God. Verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Now we have a a guest um, uh, with us today, Pastor Moses, who um, Christy uh, Rediger and uh, Mary Suverhagen met when they were in Kenya, and they found out he was going to be in town and uh, have uh, time with him after second service at 11.45 to have lunch and hear more of what God is doing in Kenya. But I wanted to introduce Pastor Moses to you in honor for him to be here. And I just have him. I said, share with us one story, one story where you've seen this cycle of grace um, at work, you know, in the, the ministry in which you serve. So, Pastor Moses, if you'll come forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. 
Uh, my name is Pastor Moses Rianto. Uh, I come from Kenya. And I'm a Maasai. Uh, Maasai is among the indigenous uh, communities in Kenya that are not yet fully reached uh, by the word of God. Uh, but uh, we experience God's grace um, for missionaries who gave from this side and now we also have the word of God and so uh, I think the grace and the joy that people give multiplies and people get to know God uh, it is very difficult to share the word of God or uh, the gospel for the Maasai because they live in rural communities uh, where it is very difficult there is no roads so many times either we use a motorcycle or we walk so that we can be able to reach uh, to them. Uh, but we have seen uh, God uh, doing much in Mass Island. Uh, we have seen, uh, we do a lot of church planting and uh, that's part of what you can participate in uh, church planting. You may not be there, but by sharing the grace of God, you can help us plant a church you can help us support a pastor, and you will be taking the word of God to the unreached. Uh, we have, as we plant churches, we uh, meet so many needs in those communities, and um, it's only uh, the grace that God gives and or the joy that all of us can give that will enable them to also um, uh, uh, be able to stand up and be able to take the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, the Bible says, uh, as I, I love what he was sharing about giving. The Bible says when we give, we will be lending to the Lord. And whatever you lend, you don't lose. It will be given back to you and it will with an interest. And so while we give, we lend to the Lord. And the Bible says again in Proverbs 19.17 that whoever waters will also be watered. So the more we water others, the more the Lord will water our families, our children, and our nation. And so uh, I have so many stories that I can share about uh, God's grace and giving and what we do in Kenya. Uh, we do a lot of, and that's why how we met with uh, Christy and Mary Sue. When they came to my church uh, in the community that I live, I lead so many churches and in different communities. So um, in our communities, uh, girls at a young age will be given away. In our community, uh, we use the church uh, to protect girls, to educate girls to empower girls and we use the church uh, to influence the transformation that comes to a community. They were lucky to go to a school. We planted a church and the, for, through the church a school started and then the education, then the water and then the whole community will be transformed. And uh, that's uh, what I call the joy of giving. Because when you give, you will see what God is doing through uh, your generosity, your prayers, or your coming. You can decide to come and uh, we walk with you as we plant churches. So 
I'm so thankful and I'm so happy uh, for allowing me to come visit. It's only once we met when they came to our church and I had an opportunity also to come with Joyce uh, whom have supported us uh, as we do church planting as we do um, sometimes we plant churches and those people don't have Bibles and so uh, it's upon us again to provide a Bible because no one has a Bible in the community and so uh, we have a lot to do in the kingdom of God so that we can share the grace that God has given us. Just as he has given his son, we can also be able to give ourselves so that others can be able to know Christ. Uh, I serve in a ministry called Unite for Africa. Unite number four Africa is what sometimes supports us there at Zion Baptist Church. And uh, many times when people give, they don't deduct anything. They just send everything there and uh, we will be able to uh, steward very well and plant a church. Um, a very good example is uh, we have a pastor right now in where we have planted a church. He walks a long distance that he has to walk on Saturday, go sleep inside the church so that he can minister to the church on Sunday and then again on Sunday now travel back to his home because just as the Bible says the harvest is plenty and few uh, workers. Even in the rural communities in Maasai, we still have very few workers. So we do plant churches, and we try to send someone who is willing to go and minister to that church. And so pray for us, uh, partner with us, walk with us, and all of us can uh, do much in God's kingdom. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor yes, Thank you. And again, he'll be sharing more of his the story and what God is doing uh, in and through him and the uh, uh, ministries that he mentioned at uh, after second service in the uh, fireside room. The, the end of the, the story here is in Romans chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. Romans was written after uh, the Corinthian uh, correspondence. And so here he's telling the, the church in Rome uh, for Macedonia, uh, which is Galatia, and Achaia, which is Corinth. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessing, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessing. So he comes to celebrate how the church that were planted out of Jerusalem now are giving resource back to the mother church who is in a position of great struggle. And that cycle of grace, both the grace of the message of Jesus Christ and the provision of God's resources for what was needed, are continuing to cycle through them as God brings them together. And we continue to do that today. As we give to the ministries of the church here. We pour into children through through 3Cs, through Sunday school, through WizKids, through Jesus University, through youth group, uh, through uh, other ministries. We, we pour into the, the care and ministry of one uh, another, of the message of Jesus. We, we pour into folks who take this message to Kenya, to Iraq, uh, to the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, ministries of 
speaking the the truth and love about Jesus, uh, but also caring for needs, medical needs, literacy needs, whatever those may be, as we are carrying out this cycle of grace. So as you consider before the Lord, how do you give this year? Know that it is an opportunity. So make all you can, give all you can, save all you can to participate in this joyous cycle of grace and gratitude. So we come to the Lord in prayer. Just going to take 30 seconds just for you to sit before the Lord and hear how the, the Lord may be speaking to you. Maybe it's just to rejoice in the ways the Lord has provided for your needs directly or through others. Or maybe it's uh, you're, you're hearing particular needs that, that would touch your, your soul and, and ways that you can arrange your finance so that you can give even more uh, to the things you know that bring joy to the Lord and bring joy to you as well. So that's just 30 seconds of silence. Listen unto the Lord. Almighty God, we do thank you that uh, in your generosity, we are able to be in your presence. We're able to speak to you and provide the needs, uh, seek you to provide for the, the needs. And Lord, we, we thank you for Pastor Moses, who's able to uh, honor us with his presence today and, and uh, a partner in the ministry of uh, the, the gospel of carrying out this cycle of grace on uh, the other part of the, of the world. We're thankful that we are united uh, in, in you and we pray your, your blessing and provision in every way uh, for, for him. And we, we lift up as well ourselves. We, we pray, Lord, that you would continue to um, re- Help us grow in deeper love and trust and dependence upon you, Jesus. Help us know you even more um, clearly. Help us to experience just the the fullness of your grace and love so that we are freed. We are freed from shame and and guilt. We're, We're freed from clenched fists. And so that we are freed to rejoice and celebrate and give joyfully to what you are doing and how you're calling us to give, um, continue to, to feed us so that our uh, generosity and our gratitude um, multiply. Uh, we, Lord, we, we lift up uh, also just our brothers and sisters in need, those who are in, in need of work, those who are looking for, for jobs, where we, we pray your provision uh, for, for them as we pray for your wisdom upon those of us who have more than we need, how we best can give and care for the, the needs of the world around us. We particularly lift up um, our sister church, New Life at Calvary, who was the, where the church building was hit by a tornado um, a month or two ago. Pray your continued uh, provision and blessing upon them in every way and how we can participate um, in that uh, particular need. We, we pray for uh, Steve and Barb Tellickson in the, the death of, of Steve's brother. And pray your peace and comfort uh, upon them and the rest of the family. That peace that is beyond all understanding. 
And we continue to pray for your healing hand upon Cherie and on Bernice. And just they, for months they've been uh, fighting uh, different illnesses. And uh, Lord, we, we pray your healing hand um, upon them. Hear the, the cries of our heart for other needs of other loved ones and friends and, and families that we bring before you. Thank you that we can entrust each other unto you. For you are good and you are generous. We lift all these things unto you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.